Welcome to Sounding Board, the slowest growing podcast in the UK today. Well, that's something to advertise me. Which... <laughs> to be honest, I'm not basing that on any actual real statistics. Um, I mean, we it's obviously... It's just a hunch. It, it is a hunch. Um, we we are showing growth. I'll, I'll, I will be honest. When when I look at our, our listens on our stats, there is there is a slow but steady crawl of growth. Yeah, you say that, but as a percentage, because obviously we're very low. The percentage yeah, is massive. <laughs> 40 or 50 percent isn't it really? yes um, yes but when you start from a very low number <laughs> no um look i think uh, I, I think this is good i think we are we're getting more more people i i'm engaging more with people on twitter i'm getting more people retweet when i advertise when we're when we're doing a pod um i only wish we could do it more you and i have have day jobs and we we just about managed to squeeze the, this in if we can once a week yeah, so do you, do you know do you know what we need? Do you know what we need to do or what, what we need to achieve? So it's all <laughs> you, you, you'll find it's funny. It's it's all about the viral coefficient. So what we want is you want the viral coefficient to be like greater than one, so that everybody at least everybody shares it with one other person. That's when you start to get this kind of exponential growth. So we want our, we want our R number you want... to go up. <laughs> That's so true. That's so true. Yeah. yeah if, every, if everybody shared it with one other or with kind of more than one other person, then you get this kind of yeah. You, you kind of do grow you think? At a great rate. Do you think like a tech company? That's what we. But I work for a tech company, and that's what we're kind of aiming for. Is you know we kind of want to want to increase that, that coefficient as much as possible, so that people kind of share it more, and then and then we get kind of more. So more, so more do you think that um, uh, podcast listenership is either doubling or halving? <laughs> I don't know. Um, <laughs> I think we should leave the virus analogies alone now. Um, yeah. it, it, it's taken I us about. I, I think I think we should carry on though because we don't want to have like a two-week circuit breaker where where we lose it. Hold that thought because it's just taken us about forty-five minutes to actually set this damn call up because we're not in the same place this evening, and we've been struggling with the technology. Even though both of us work for tech companies, um, yeah, it's, well, it's, it's failing us. It's failing us. So why, for one? I'm going to pour some of this delicious whiskey. That's the stuff that I bought you, isn't it? Yes. Uh, I've got the Mujahideen now. Sorry. Do you know what? I've never even looked at the back. It tells you how to pronounce it. It tells you how to pronounce it. Bunna Haven. Bunna Haven. Nice. Bunna Haven. Not Mujahideen. But um, I, I need this whiskey. I've had, I've had a bit of a week. And uh, are you are you joining me? I'm, I'm not actually. Um, I'm I'm, I'm going to be off it tonight. Um, oh really? I'm, I'm feeling so. I'm, I've had a bit of a week as well. Um, not bad. Just just really busy. Um, and and I'm shattered. I've had kind of yeah kind of late nights. Does does the whiskey not send you to sleep then? It does, but it wakes me up in the morning. Ah. So I wake up at like five or six in the morning if I have like a if I have like a scotch, even if I just have like a little bit. Yeah. Um, so um, yeah, I just want to. I don't want a decent night's sleep. I've got a busy day tomorrow, so I'm, I'm going to be off it. That's that's not any any bunna havain or however you pronounce it. That, that was. I remember going to a, a specialist whiskey shop in London and yes. kind of tasting a few, and, and that was this, exceptional. Yeah, this is the um, so this is the 18 year old, mm. um, and this is an Isla single malt. Um, it's it's really quite it's really quite complex. I know that sounds. I know that sounds really wanky, <laughs> but this is this is quite a sophisticated whiskey. 
Yeah, and it's it's for it's for sitting down and relaxing and taking your time, and it's supposed it's like supposed to relax you that way. Well, I'm and I'm sure I'm sure our our special listening friend probably always thinks that I need to slow down and relax on these on these podcasts, and that's what I'll try to do. But you mentioned you mentioned a circuit breaker, so there has been there has been a change in the political mood in this country in the last 48 hours there's finally a split at the heart not of our a, politics not in a good way though and instead I'm, of them both being the same one of them has stayed the same and another one's got worse oh well, i was and talking yes, about there has, there has I, been a split i was talking about spencer morgan and his dad <laughs> that was funny that was very funny do you know i haven't seen, I haven't seen anything else other than that that one that single tweet that he put saying that you've got to be an utter moron or something if, if, if by now you think it's a danger. Right. Okay. So how about how about the the tweet he did an hour ago? Oh, okay. Which is the first lockdown nearly lasted four months and we are already back in exactly the same place. Same place apart from the fact every other aspect of civilization is completely mucked. Another one makes perfect sense, doesn't it? Hmm. <laughs> so that's that's Piers Morgan's son um, telling it like it is. No, I was, I was, I was just joshing. Obviously, yeah, I'm talking about Keir Starmer standing up. So this is after the uh, the three tier system that has been had been wired widely trailed and leaked yeah. for about Tears a week. I, I saw your your tweet on that. That was good. Um, I, 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 and I'd seen this is all going to end in tears. I'd seen, yeah, I'd seen I, all I, of I that. I did that one first, and I had a few tears puns, but that was my that was my favorite. That one, the, the, the tears of a clown, was the most successful on twitter anyway yeah yeah i don't i don't doubt it um so that had been that had been properly announced at boris in the commons and then the press conference in fact earlier that day you'd had um uh, jean-claude van tam on uh, uh on on doing a press conference as well um and, and so everyone knew about that and then it's what two days later a day later keir starmer's now saying right and I, I think this is a political moment. I know you don't quite think it's as significant, but he stood up and said, we think we should have Labour Party position is now a, a two to three week circuit breaker lockdown. The first one was supposed to be three weeks. Three weeks to flatten the curve. And we're still basically in it. I, I agree. But if you if you think back, other than... The opposition saying, we think we can just do what we support you doing just a bit better than you. You know, I'm talking classic managerialism as, as politics. They've been, in, they've been in lockstep with the government for the entire time. They, you know, don't remember back in March, they waved through the budget of all things. They've approved every set of measures. Yeah, because we, we compared it, we compared it to, to, to the Iraq war and we compared it to bailing out the banks yep. where the Conservative Party said, yes, this is a great idea. Perhaps we can do it better, but we, we approve the position. And, that, yes. and that, that's, I guess, and I think my point was when, when there's ever cross-party support for anything, I am, I'm hugely Warning signs, yes. Yeah, alarm bells start ringing. As soon as they all say this is a great idea, it, it's not going to be. Exactly, and so this is why, this is why I think this is a really key moment. There, there were, in fact, there there have been two moments. I would say it's a couple of key dates for me, and the first is when people started protesting and rioting 
when George Floyd um, was killed. Okay, that was the point where they deemed the virus was low risk. Okay, that because otherwise they wouldn't have been out there protesting. If this was Ebola and people's insides were liquefying and they were bleeding out their asses, then they wouldn't have been out there, would they? Of course, no, no. No, <laughs> Look, just because we're not we're not recording this, you you, you have to at least signal that you're laughing when uh, <laughs> in in these situations. So, but uh, to me, this is the second key moment. This is the moment where the opposition diverges from that. Uh, as you say, anytime there's a crisis, the the, the opposition uh, gets in line. This is the moment where they've diverged. And in fact, you see, I I watched. I watched Boris up until Starmer gave his reply or whatever um, in the Commons um, on Tuesday, I think it was, um, or Monday. And I haven't watched. I've, I've, I've deliberately not watched anything like this for months. The, the press conferences, anything. I just, I've just not wanted to know. I've maybe got the odd little, you know, snippet clip or whatever off um, uh, off, off Twitter or YouTube. Um, but I watched Boris, and it. Even though I'd said to you before, like the week before, that he was, you know, he was way more bumbling, not not very coherent, not very compelling. There was a bit more Boris being back on form at the dispatch box. Yeah, I'll I'll agree. There there wasn't as much stuttering. There weren't as many ums and ahs. He seemed more like himself or more like the old, the old Boris. Well, and speaking of the old Boris, there was Mr. Centrist again. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Two fists and his kind of, you know, not, not quite. Well, well, so let me tell you about where his new centrism is, okay? And it is between this isn't public sector, private sector. I mean, well, you can argue actually it is. This the is, NHS. this is, we're not going to have an extreme lockdown nationally across the country that damages lives and livelihoods. But we're also not just going to let the virus rip like some people want. I mean, let's just put aside for a moment that literally no one is saying let the virus rip. Okay, I mean, it's a caricature. The the lockdown isn't a caricature, but letting the virus rip, that that is not what people are saying. I I would. Okay, I'm going to I'm going to pull you up on that. I would be quite happy to let the virus rip. All right, you're saying it. <laughs> no, seriously, okay, from, from an epide- epidemiological point of view, what you really want is you want as many people who are fit and healthy to pick it up really quickly and then build up their immunity, get their, you know, get their would you have so that it does, you know, protect, protect the vulnerable for ah, sure. Ah, that's not that's let, what he meant. He means let, let it rip, let it rip. rip. Let the virus rip for everybody else. Okay, let the virus rip for ninety nine point two percent or whatever the whatever the figure is of people that will. Right, this is politics. I'm talking. I'm talking politically here. Okay, and that's of and we've said all along, lockdown and the and the government restrictions are political. They're a political calculation. They're a political decision. They always have been. You know, the, the numbers are arbitrary. Rule of six and masks and all of it. It's it's politics. It's politics again now, but it's much more like the old days. <laughs> the yeah, this, is days. Just, this is just this is just Boris and his golden mean fallacy. He, exactly, it's, he's it's, there. It's the equidistance fallacy. Exactly right. And what and and what he said was after after laying out those two opposite ends, those two extremes. He said, "We're not going to take an extreme. We're going to take a 
balanced approach. And he used that phrase balanced. And so this is classic Boris. This is classic Boris. And then you've got Keir Starmer standing up saying, no, we need action and we need it nationally and across the country and only government can do this. That's classic Labour. So to me, this is that, that was a real turning point, a real turning point in this. If, if, if politics is getting back to normal, then, then hopefully that means that more normality is to come. And the one last thing I'll say about that specifically is I think politically, now that there is clear blue water between them, or clear red water. Red water. Yeah, uh, between them. Now that Keir Starmer has come out and said, I want a lockdown, Boris cannot do it. We cannot have a national circuit breaker lockdown, whatever you want to call it. We can't have one now because otherwise he's doing exactly what Keir Starmer says. That, that's why it now won't happen. I, I, I don't think it will happen now, but he could, he could quite easily say, we didn't need one then. When you said it, you were jumping the gun and it would have been a bad idea to do it then. But now, now we need a, we need a lockdown because now is the right time. And, and, and R is now 1.5 and we have so many people. We now have three people with COVID per hospital as opposed to two. And, and we need the lockdown now. So I think he could say it in a month's time. I'll be, I'll be honest with you. I have, I have skin in the game here. Okay. I, I, I do agree with you. This is about the the October half term circuit break lockdown where you don't have to close schools or maybe you only close them for one extra week um, because it's my bloody birthday, okay? And so I have not wanted there to be harsher restrictions so that we can do stuff. I mean, look, already um, it, it's very unlikely that I'm going to be able to do anything of note with a with a group of people. Because I'm not going to be able to find enough people who want to break the rule of six, let alone find a venue that'll take us or whatever. Um, but what I didn't want is there to be absolutely no household mixing or or meeting up in any groups, even even of six outdoors uh, and, you know, and 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 all this kind of or shutting of pubs and restaurants and whatever. Um, you know, hopefully I'll be able to see some people over some days um, for my birthday. But it's purely selfish. But I think I think you're right. I think that come you know, uh, you know middle of December or something or January and get Christmas out of the way and then it'll go right. Okay, time for another time for another one. On on that on that note, I've been I've been trying to think of other 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 terms. Now, circuit break, circuit well, see, break is a, a euphemism. It's a, it's a will breaker, isn't it? It's it's a will. It's not a circuit breaker. It's a will breaker. It's everyone's just going to go kind of downhill again. You know, if you, I, I imagine if you looked at, you know, kind of figures around mental health and depression, that oh, yeah. will, will, will skyrocket again, I, I guarantee it. So it's just marketing, yeah? It's just spin. They, they're calling it a circuit breaker, which, let's face it, a circuit breaker, this is... The only, my only experience with the circuit breaker is mowing the lawn and, and, and you know, plugging a stupid device in so that it, it, with, with the hope that if I run over the cord, I'm not going to kill myself in an electrical accident. Have you ever, have you ever done that, incidentally? No. Okay. I've, I've definitely never killed myself in an electrical no, accident. Have you, have you ever chopped through the cable with something like that? No. And right, okay. the last time I plugged the circuit breaker in was about 15 years ago. <laughs> It's exciting. 
<laughs> when, it, when it happens. I was um, I was trying to um, chop down one of the one of the hedges, you know, the hedge at the at the after, you know, kind of behind my driveway next yeah. to the next to the garage. Yeah. So I borrowed brother number three's kind of hedge trimmers, and was kind of sort of. I doing think that's that. Um, that that was actually my hedge trimmer. Was it okay? Yeah, but I don't have any hedges, so I gave it to him. Right. Um, so, but yeah, I, I, and I went straight through it, and yeah, kind of gave myself a bit of a fright. Well done. Um, but it, it was fine. Had, had my RCD. Ah, so you think that's what they should be? They should be even abbreviating it even further. <laughs> the the, uh, the RCD. But you see, right? You see, I think this is just they don't want to use the word lockdown because that's that's scary. So they want they want to make this appear like it is a, a short and temporary thing, even as you rightly said, it's no different from what they originally said. And what, yeah, the, the tweet I just read there from uh, from Spencer Morgan, you know, sums it up. That's what they said last time. It didn't do anything or it, or it did and it's back. So why would you keep repeating that? And I think Starmer's even been out there saying, if we lock down for two weeks, it'll buy us 28 days. I mean, it, it, it was fine 28 days ago. Uh, yeah. What was what was what was so small so different about twenty eight days ago than it than it you know what, what's the right so I want you to start I want you, I want you to think you might not may, maybe this is something you can come back to our next our next edition with okay. I, I only spent about fifteen minutes before this before recording um, trying to come up with some some words but I want to be ready for lockdown three and lockdown so three I want to be ready for lockdown three if the, if the circuit breaker is uh, is lockdown number two then I want to be ready with some terms for for lockdown three because they want to come up with some other euphemism it won't be a circuit okay. break in six Shock months time it won't it well well this is it is it a firewall yeah <laughs> is that is that what the next one is is it is it the Hulkbuster lockdown what is I mean uh, you know lockdown three this time it's personal what what are they going to what are they going to call the third lockdown when it's you know rising in March again, and and you know, they need another excuse? I, I quite I quite I quite like the idea of um, of calling it the Ferguson Protocol, <laughs> or you know, or you know, initiate the Valence Directive. Call it something really clinical like that. Yeah, shocking. Absolutely or, shocking. But, but you see, I suppose what I, I mean. Look, you can do all the whole, you know, raise shields and and all this kind of, all this kind of stuff. Um, I mean, I don't think circuit break. I just, I just don't think think that's a good analogy at all. I, I, you've, had, the, the, you've had there have been people who've been going on about this for ages though. Uh, people, people like Brett Weinstein, who I I, I, I like a lot. And, yes, and I respect his, you know, his what he's done, uh, you know, for free speech. And I think he's I think he's fantastic. But he was he's been saying, you know, lo- lockdowns weren't weren't good enough. The reason that they didn't succeed was because they weren't good enough. We needed like a, a short, sharp harsh lockdown you know for for a couple of weeks yeah. just shut ev- absolutely everything down and that will that, that will break it and then it, you know and then it will mysteriously go away it's it's utter it's utter utter nonsense um i see i think i think i just want here's a reference for you see if you get this i think i want keir starmer to stand up and say i think we need to go to blue alert <laughs> do you know do you know that reference <laughs> Is it is it a Star Trek thing? No, no, no. Blue Alert. This is this is Rimmer, this is Rimmer on Red Dwarf. Right. And and the reply. It's been a while. Well, yeah, and the uh, 
and 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 the and the reply is, but sir, that means changing the bulb. Classic, classic. Um, but anyway, yeah, re- lockdown three, revenge of the sage. I I don't know I don't know what else to call it. But there's going to be a third. There's, they, 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 we haven't even surely. had the second yet. We haven't even had the second one yet. Uh, you're saying, you're saying a, okay, hang, hang on, hang on a second. I'm going, I'm going to pull you up again. You're saying that Keir Starmer wants a second lockdown. Because Keir Starmer wants a second lockdown, there's no possibility of a second lockdown. And then five minutes later, you're saying, what do they call the third lockdown? After saying there's not going to be a second one because Boris can't possibly have it. So which is it? He can't just jump to the third lockdown. He can't just get past this unless you think he's going to get past. He's going to get past this period, and in a month or two's time, he's going to announce a, a different name for effectively the same lockdown that Keir Starmer is doing. But it's going to be political. It's not going to be the circuit breaker this time. It's going to be shock and awe, and we're just going to have a, like a really harsh lockdown for two weeks so that we can get back. To, we can flatten the curve. We can get back to everything before Christmas. You can all see your families again, or at least three of them. Do you think he's going to do something like that? Did- this was literally supposed to be a bit of fun. You, you've you've taken that way too seriously. Got any ideas for when they run out of uh, of tiers? I mean, you know, we've got medium. There's no low tier. We've got medium, high, very high. I mean, to me, if ludicrous, there's got to be a ludicrous tier. What like ludicrous speed? Yes. We see. I was thinking after very high. Just, I think, because of that term, very high. Ultra high? No, you see, I think you Critical? need... No, Critical? No, 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 no. I think you need really very high indeed. <laughs> I think that should be the never. But then, I, I, am, I am with you. It's super ultra mega high after that. Yeah, that's... Medium, high, very high. Really very high indeed. Super ultra mega high. See, this, this reminds me of a, of a, a project I was on... Um, 20 years ago, possibly right. more. Uh, and you know how it was an IT project, and, and it was back in the days where, where things were, or at least most IT projects were waterfall, certainly where I was working. And you'd get like a whole host of development done, and then testing would be squashed, and they'd be trying to kind of get rubbish live, basically. Yeah. And uh, they didn't they didn't plan it very well. Uh, it was like the standard kind of big upfront design without kind of getting any feedback, do a whole bunch of development work. And it's not really very good, and you're kind of firefighting all the time. And, and we were having these kind of the, these meetings about all the kind of defects that were being raised. And you, you know, you start off with kind of like you know, kind of low, medium, high. Um, and then there, there was this kind of critical, uh, which was like the uh, kind of the, the showstoppers cannot, you know, cannot go live with these kind of critical defects. But we had so many of those that we had to invent another category. <laughs> so, so, they, so they invented supercritical. And I, I remember, Brilliant. I remember going into a meeting where, like, the, the, where the project or the program manager was kind of like, kind of speaking to the, speaking to the the, the board, I think, or you know, kind of, you know, the, the directors, and uh, was saying, yes, well, we've got, uh, we've got like, kind of, so many defects, so many in, in da, 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 and so many critical, but but we have no supercriticals, so that's fine. It's like, but you you just said you've got like three hundred critical defects. But they just yeah. invented, invented this this category so they could say, well, we're not super critical, so so it's okay. It's just all it's yeah, just kind of playing with numbers for the for the sake of it. That, that's why they didn't have low, medium, high at the moment because they want everyone to be afraid. It's what exactly. I was going to say last time. Everyone needs to be in fear for their lives. Yeah. So you know, it, it's they could have had you know high, very high, and ultra high if they wanted to really scare people, um, or if yeah. they wanted to really scare morons. 
I, I like I just like the idea that it's a traffic light without green. <laughs> <laughs> it's just it just gets more and more red. Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. I mean, it, it's. Do you think they're gonna? Do you think there's ever a possibility they're introducing a green? If, if there's if there's an area of well, the country that doesn't have it anymore. Well, let's rewind a couple of months, okay? When I mean, Boris went dark for ages. I mean, he got he got the virus. He went in hospital. He came back out. I didn't see him. You didn't see him for weeks. That, that there was this period that, and I thought, I thought then this is the odd bit. This is the odd bit. We're we're we're, we're way past three weeks. There was there wasn't even any entertaining that the lockdown would stop. We we seemed to be completely leadless. This was the point of time where Cummings had it. Boris had it. It was just there was just literally no one in charge, and so they all just carried on. Everyone just kind of whistled and and carried on. But when when he finally came back, he did his little PowerPoint presentation. Do you remember that? Oh yeah. <laughs> I, I was almost expecting the NHS logo to kind of spin into focus into the middle of the into the middle of the screen. But there were no tears, but there were levels. Yeah. And it was all, you know, level four, we do this. Level three, we do that. Then we're at level two, we'll do this. And it just went it's out the window. It's, it's, it's rebranding. They're just rebadging everything to, to, to make it sound different. It's different this time. We have tears. It's different this time. It's just it's a circuit just breaker. Circuit breaker, yeah. It's, it's, it's all it is. That's all it is. They're just rebadging. It's not a mini metro anymore. It's a rover metro. <laughs> they rebadged it, you fool. <laughs> <laughs> So I was hoping I was hoping you'd get that reference. Yeah. Um, well, remember Leicester, the first the first local lockdown. Yes. Do you know Do you know why Do you know why they had so many positive test results? Because they opened up more testing centres. Yeah, they have a really good epidemiological department in one of Leicester's hospitals. You know, kind of you know one of the best in the country. Um, so they they kind of took it upon themselves to open lots of these kind of walk in tests. So you can just any anyone in Leicester could kind of basically walk in. They're, like, they're all over the place. You kind of walk in every day if you wanted to and get yourself yep. tested to get the yep. results really quickly. So they had you know thousands upon thousands of people doing this. So of course the numbers are going to go up. So it's been over a hundred days since Leicester went into local lockdown. Okay. Now. If you wanted to see what lockdown did in a in a in a region in a city, then for a hundred days you could see what that looked like, like in Leicester. So why the hell are they doing it anywhere else? I mean, it, you, there are so many examples now. There's the first lockdown and where we are right now, and you could just turn around and say, right, okay, I think we'll probably be in the same situation we are now in six months' time if we do this again. But even the the local lockdowns, I mean, it was only days ago that Keir Starmer was saying the local lockdowns aren't working. <laughs> but yet now the answer is even more lockdown. I mean, is, is it me or is this this particularly stupid? It, it is, but I guess I, I was thinking about this and because I've been obviously I've been, I've been thinking about Sweden a lot and Japan and some of these other countries. And I don't think we should be surprised that people are just kind of closing their eyes and sticking their fingers in their ears and just not paying attention because they haven't been paying attention to places like Singapore and Hong Kong for other reasons 
yes you know yes. If you, you know we should be you know aspiring to be you know in the kind of the economic position of, of these places and looking to what they're doing well or yeah. what they're not doing which is kind of more the question uh, and thinking right okay hong kong were hong, both hong kong and singapore were approximately a third of their kind of gdp per capita back in the 60s and now they're they're kind of you know like 130 percent or something they kind of overtook us for you know kind of 30 or 40 years yes what, what what have they been doing and what can what can we do that's the same so so our yeah so british citizens can prosper at the same rate as hong kong or singaporean citizens but they just people just don't bother the same way that they're not looking at Sweden and thinking, okay, hang on, they didn't have a lockdown and now they're in a much better position. People aren't wearing masks, restaurants are open, they're on public transport, they don't have any issues at all. You know, that worked. Why don't, you know, why don't we do that? Yeah, no, absolutely. Sweden's been been rumbling around Twitter again, hasn't it, the last few days? And there's it been... Has, and it- I, I can so I can understand I can understand and this isn't this isn't me trying to be edgy, but I can I can understand why people are a little bit hesitant to to, to big up Sweden in general the same way that people because pe- people are people are just saying oh yeah Sweden's a, a kind of a fantastic place to live and, and etc cetera, etc cetera. it got it, it didn't have a lockdown and and that's basically it. Um, you know, it had it's it's had lots of problems with kind of kind of mass immigration and and, and that, you know love it or hate it. Um, you know, so the, the the kind of crime rate in Sweden has kind of skyrocketed. It's also still pretty socialist. Um, you know, and then a few years ago it was very very socialist with its kind of one hundred and five percent you know kind of top rate in, in tax and that kind of stuff. Um, so if you're going to mention Sweden, it needs to be in the, within the context of, of, of lockdown and, and nothing else. Because it's a bit like if you cast your mind back to uh, kind of you know Brexit, people were shouting about kind of like all these left wing. You know they were trying to trying to pick like kind of left wingers like kind of Tony Benn and saying oh yeah the fantastic Tony Benn was against the uh, the EU. Yeah, he was wrong on everything but that. Yes, you know you shouldn't you shouldn't be saying he's a, some fantastic individual. He got one thing right and and, and that was it. Um, so Sweden, yes, it's got it's got you know it was fortunate enough to have someone who kind of understood what it what they needed to do for you know and, and not have a lockdown. But that's it. You know, it, it, I, I still wouldn't, I probably wouldn't live there. Agreed. Although I'm sure living there right now is better than living, living there right, here now, right now. Is, yeah, it would be better for sure. For, but sure. for me, I think that, I think you're right. This, this is, this argument is not being made in a sophisticated way, but I don't think the arguments back are either. The arguments back, no. and you've got your classic Matt Hancock at the dispatch box who just says, well, just compare them to Norway. And that's sometimes that's literally what he says, and then he sits back down again. But what they're looking at is they're looking at they're looking at the number of deaths. Now, obviously, the number of deaths is important, but they are they're looking at that first spike and nothing else. They're not looking at what has happened since, and they're not looking at the fact that the number of deaths in Sweden is now not rising at all. Yeah. It, yeah, and, and they they predicted, you know, the, the models that they they were using to justify their lockdown predicted that Sweden would have, you know, kind of, you know, hundreds of thousands of deaths. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, so you know, it, it's they're not they're not even using their own figures wisely on that. No, but the thing is, is that they always go back. They they show you the graphs and they go, look at this. You know, they're, they're, all these spikes are the same. Why? You know, why? Why do you possibly like Sweden? The point is that right now, everyone is using the case numbers and the case numbers in Sweden are are tiny and flat and decreasing, 
whereas the case numbers everywhere else and you know i'm putting aside here pcr test accuracy and all that kind of stuff the the case numbers are rising and you know the the, the deaths have been rising here too they're, they're they're tiny the numbers are tiny compared to what what they were and the trajectory of growth for both cases and deaths is nothing like as steep as it was the first time but that trajectory just doesn't exist in sweden you can also look at the, the deaths in sweden and they admitted this you know anders technol got up there and said um we got care homes wrong we we did this wrong this um this dry you know the dry tinder argument you know the 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 idea that there are there are people here who are, are close to death anyway and they're the ones who are going to get first um that contributed i don't know the specific stats but that contributed to a large proportion of the deaths in sweden it also contributed to a large proportion of the deaths in the uk that's how the uk was very similar to sweden in their approach oh for sure yeah it was like a third of the deaths in in the uk uh well no third i think it was like a third in england it was a half in scotland um, yeah crazy yeah absolutely um something else i wanted to um something else i wanted to note we've we talked before i think you had a little mini rant on uh, on neoliberals um the oh, other yeah. the other day i f- i finally got ryan born to bite on twitter he's, yeah I, yeah he's been a couple of times with me yeah he's he's ignored me for this entire time and i've i've just been asking basic legitimate questions okay um and I, you know, I know, yeah, I, I know I'm a nobody. Um, but so, did you hear? So this, this is the best thing about this one: him and Ryan, sorry, him and Sam Bowman. Okay, I'm, I'm not sure which of them is worse at the moment, to be honest. But they have both come up with this plan. Have you heard this? To to pay people two hundred pounds to get the vaccine and oh, an incentive. <laughs> if only, and an incentive. Well, no, actually, no. Okay, that's a lie. Of the grandchildren's money. Yeah. Um, and uh, and fifty quid to refer a friend. Okay, and I I merely asked <laughs> like, when when somebody pointed out that uh, that that says what you know, what is wrong with you people always wanting to force people to do what you want. And so he, Ryan said the whole point is that we're not forcing but incentivizing. <laughs> so I popped up with with other people's money. Definitely no force there. <laughs> And uh, and we got into that in the least worst territory. That that's where we ended up. We ended up with him saying, "Well, who do you think is paying for all the extra furlough and support pictures? Look at the bigger picture." So I said, "So force is okay if you look at the bigger picture. It's okay if it's the least worst thing to do." And then I put in brackets, "I'm still waiting for because externalities, because that generally speaking is their argument to absolutely everything, isn't it?" He then described himself. He said, yes, I'm a consequentialist libertarian. Now, that term consequentialist is one I've wanted to use of of myself more recently because there are consequences. There are consequences to every action. And the problem with most politicians is that they don't know what the consequences are going to be or they deny that there are any consequences or the consequences they think are going to happen don't and they miss the other ones. You know, the tax code is a great example of of consequentialism and not understanding it um but i i disagreed with him on his um definition um of himself um 
But he said, if a, if this program could help end a pandemic that is killing people, crushing economic activity and leading to vast restrictions on freedom, I'll do it. What do you want? <laughs> he, was, he was quite argumentative. Um, but um, but I said, I want, I want individuals to be left to make their own choices and risk calculations. I said, I don't really agree with your definition of yourself. Libertarians don't spend other people's money. If he, if he was volunteering to spend £200 on each person that, that had the vaccine, I, of course, would have no problem of it. It's not, it's not even, okay, it's not even that they're saying if you, if you take the vaccine, you'll get a £200 tax rebate. Yes. And, and then the state will spend £200 less on something. Yes. Therefore, it will, you know, it will pay for itself. You know, we, we, we will say, you know, we'll, we'll save that money for, by, you know. Yeah. Well, it ended up, it ended up with him saying, well, why aren't you on here, um, you know, d- demanding an end to furlough and government schemes and everything else? <laughs> In response, I put him onto this podcast. So you never know, this might be the addition that He's Ryan Bourne. He'll have turned off already. As soon as you mentioned, as soon as you started mocking externalities, that would have been it, right? I think, I think we all know that Ryan Bourne will never and has never listened to this podcast. But I think I'm fine with that. It, I, yeah, so the, the whole the, the whole neoliberal thing, it seems, it seems to be that neoliberalism kind of moves the goalposts whenever it likes it's yeah. not like it's not like classical liberalism which which is a bit more static you know neoliberalism has an overton window um and yes circumstances. and they are they are the kings of the you know the, the kind of not it's not really the kind of the golden mean fallacy but it's that kind of managerialism and, and yes. they'll often say okay so we can't we can't change everything now we can't have everything private property therefore because the state runs the healthcare and because the state owns all the la- or, you know the vast majority of land and roads and, and public spaces and we have to go the whole hog to, to do this because we can't you know we, we just can't change there's a pandemic therefore we have to you know go go full-throated with the state until it's sorted yeah but it's just a whole the whole I mean, it's it's. I think I used an example before about on on Twitter about kind of you know like externalities and, and it's like people you know if, if you're if you're walking down a public road exhaling, they see that like you're kind of randomly firing kind of bullets in the air and 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 one of those bullets just might might kill someone and and that you know it's like it's like playing Russian roulette. Yeah, so I had absolutely crazy. I had another. I had another conversation with someone com- completely different, um, who who compared um, who compared being being allowed to do whatever you like in this situation as uh, going around and, and punching people in the face. <laughs> um, what was it he said? Freedom to spread viruses is like freedom to punch a stranger in the face. To which I replied, people don't go around punching each other in the face. So, yes, you're right. And hardly anyone will do it. Okay, And he said, your point is right. Most people do the right thing. Mostly. If murder was legal, most wouldn't murder. Assault, murder, etc., are illegal to stop a minority from holding the rest of society to ransom. Same with government restrictions for COVID. I was like, "What are you? What are you talking about?" For starters, who's talking about making murder legal? 
but also i said can you can you give me an example that's actually worked because the last time i checked people still murder people so your law against murder hasn't actually worked so you know completely ignoring self-defense ignoring the fact that you might want to hire someone to defend you you know in in these situations you're not going to be held to ransom by the by the murderers that people this don't want crazy. to murder i mean so david david d friedman is very good on this kind of thing because yes. he's, you know, he's, he's very reasonable he says look you know human beings they live on the same planet you know you have to be reasonable there's not you know they kind of and then we did a we did a podcast on kind of like different difficult questions for libertarians before didn't yes we? saying like if you you know the the, the the rule about mixing your labor with the land what does that mean if i tip a thimble full of die into the ocean then the whole ocean is mine you know you've got to, you've got to be reasonable the same way that if i if i'm shining a light from from my property and it passes out of my property on and on, onto onto your onto your door for example um you know that's that's probably fine if it's just like a, if, if it's a small light that's reflecting but if i'm if i've got a laser beam and it's the, the light is so powerful that it's burning a hole in your door that's probably not reasonable. So you've got to, you know, you've, you've got to do things. But they're, what they're saying is that things like, you know, going around breathing is unreasonable. Yes. Well, this yeah, is the it's problem. The, it's the same like kind of firing a gun in, into into you know into a shopping centre. But this this is the problem with this redefinition, isn't it? And this is where I don't I don't like particularly using the phrase cultural Marxism, but I understand it when people use it, and it's the the redefinition of words and terms to mean normally the opposite isn't it you know it's it's you know it's racism and anti-racism and, and and stuff like that when they when these people take over the language then that is giving them a huge amount of power because i mean you get to redefine contracts if you take over language you get to redefine law when you take over language yeah i mean this is this is, that could really, really end quite badly if you redefine what these things mean so you can turn around and, and change the force of a law. I mean, today, okay, or in the last 24 hours... You're talking about sexual preference. I am exactly talking about that. That's yeah. now offensive. Well, it's not. But that has now been deemed to be offensive by, by the woke yeah, but I, th- I think it was even, wasn't it? Is it like Miriam Web- Webster or one of, one of the They've changed it. Changed, changed, the, yep. changed the definition overnight, yeah. A- ab- absolutely. Um, because it's not a choice. It's not. A, it, and I, what I love, what I, what I just love is that they basically invented these terms, but now they're trying to disinvent them or they're trying to make them bad because they didn't think clearly enough when they first invented them. Or they weren't as far down the rabbit hole as they are. It's only as they get further down the rabbit hole that they realize they need to be more and more extreme. But when they get more extreme, it gets more contradictory. Who, who says a preference can't be innate anyway? Tell me about it. Why, why does a preference have to be something that you decide in your head or just not something that you, you know? My, my preference is that I don't like tomatoes. Okay. I, lo- I love the flavor of kind of, I love the flavor of tomatoes, but there's something about like the texture. Yes. That I couldn't eat a, a tomato. Yep. If there's something about it, it would it would it would make me vomit. I would I I still class that yeah you know, it's, it's it's built in. I've never liked them. It's not something I've just yes. decided. You know what? I just don't like that. That's still a preference. Yeah. Well, and, and if I was to describe you in that situation, I'd say he doesn't have a preference for tomato. <laughs> yeah. He doesn't. It's, it's, he, you don't prefer them. Totally. No, it's, 
it's, it's crazy. It's crazy. They, they, but they are, yeah, they are kind of redefining, redefining language. Just going back to the whole kind of um, Ryan Bourne and externalities and stuff, because I remember having a conversation with him on Twitter. It was only a very brief one. And I was kind of challenging him on, on, on private property, saying, okay, you know, I understand that, you know, I understand your argument that we can't magically turn all public property into private property overnight. Yeah. Um, because I, yeah, but but I, but I was saying, well, okay, what? About, why can't I do what I like in the privacy of my own home? You know, why why why, you know, yes. why are you agreeing with with kind of lockdowns and, and laws around kind of meeting people when this is my own private property? Why can't I meet as many people and do as many do whatever I like with you know with other who, people voluntarily like? on your land? Yes. Yeah. What was his answer to that then? No, he, he went away at that point. Well, and. <laughs> He accused me, okay, the, when he went away was when he accused me of wanting to deny healthcare to people. And and I, I was like, is, is that how, and I said to him, is that how you caricature people? And they disappeared. It's the, it, yeah, again, it's, and I made the comment before, it's like arguing with socialists. It's like, oh, you just want people starving in the streets. Yes. Really. Yeah. It's, it's who will build the roads. It, it who is. Who will the healthcare. Yeah, well, we covered who will build the roads in the last edition. If you haven't listened to that yet, please go back and do because we've got a lovely analogy on the internet. Can I can I change the subject? You certainly can. So, and this is going back to what we, so it's going back to the, the previous podcast. Okay, and it's going going back to like early on in this podcast as well. So it's, it's like a COVID thing. Um, and okay, you're not sipping your whiskey now, but it's a bit of a whiskey thing as well. Um, but I just wanted to, I wanted to give a shout out to Lord Biddable of Wonk, um, <laughs> who's, who, who listened to the. This is brilliant. He who listened to the podcast um, about you know kind of not having a sense of smell, and he just gave this amazing anecdote. And, and this is so whiskey drinkers will get this. But he said he said that he couldn't he could, he uh, he realised he had it when he couldn't smell Ardbeg. Now, if you're if you're a whiskey drinker, you can smell that a mile off. That's like the it's an amazing. It's like one of the peatiest whiskies. You know, it's got a real kind of smoky kind of smell and, and, and taste to it. In these in, in these kind of whiskies, what they do is they they uh, in order to kind of they get kind of malted barley. In order to dry it out, they burn peat underneath it, like kind of some of these island malts and stuff. And you get that kind of you get a kind of the smell and the taste of the, of the of the burning peat kind of you know mixes with the with the with the malted barley and you get this amazing flavor but that is like the strongest whiskey or the, the strongest kind of peaty it's the peatiest um, that yeah. drinking drinking ardbeg is like it's like having a it's like having a bonfire in your mouth isn't it it's yeah it's like taking up smoking it's <laughs> I imagine it's um yeah it's 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 no fantastic. I must admit I but love if, so, if someone if someone's if you're like at a party and someone kind of opens a bottle of Arbeg in the corner you you know about it um yeah uh, so I just I, I, I thought that was like a great anecdote it's like that, that's a real sign if you can't smell that then yeah your sense of smell is gone it's like smelling salts almost I uh, it would wake you up absolutely <laughs> um no I think that was great a, a, a shout, shout out to Lord Billable of Wonk um for for that anecdote and um uh, I think you know if the government wanted um a better more reliable test than the PCR uh, then they the should Ardbeg be test, I think. The, uh, opening bottles of Ardbeg absolutely absolutely well cool. should we should we call it there yeah um so just going back going back to our R number and our viral coefficient that 
you know, we don't want your money. Um, you know, we're not on kind of Patreon or any any of these things or subscribe or anything like that. We we just want you to, to to share this. If you could if you could share this with one or two people, um, then that yeah. would get our R value to about one point five. That would get our our R number up. Our viral coefficient would be better, and it would just be great if if, if kind of more people listened. Um, so, to, so yeah, that would be amazing. You can go to www.soundingboard.com. You can also subscribe at iTunes, at Podbean, at uh, Spotify. Google. No, Google. Google have done something stupid. You can't. You can't do it through Google anymore. Don't worry. Really? Well, and frankly, I don't care about Google anymore. Since Google have started, you know, removing results for like the Great Barrington Declaration and stuff like that, uh, Google, Google are done now. Um, so that that maybe maybe they saw the sounding board a couple of months ago was being a bit uh, a bit too COVID unfriendly, and they removed us. But I've not been able to get us back into uh, back into Google at all. So uh, we we were we were kicked out first before the Great Barrington Declaration. But uh, you can find the Sounding Board podcast everywhere else. Thanks for listening.